You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. for another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you could like share subscribe or do anything that you can to follow us here at the lakers fast break it is truly appreciated we're back in the middle of a road trip for the lakers the lakers having a successful game against the Milwaukee Bucks. They clearly made a statement for a lot of things, not only with LeBron and his MVP status, uh, making a firm stamp there, but the Lakers solidifying themselves as the team to beat in the NBA with a nice victory in Milwaukee. And here today to talk about what's going on with the Lakers with five great things is a good man indeed. You got to check him out at Lakerholics.com. He's got his great five great things articles up each and every time out. When you can, check it out. It's an awesome read. It is Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, we missed you last night, but we got you here today. want to thank you so much for stopping by, and we truly appreciate it. Thank you, Gerald. I, I'm, I miss being there. I love, I love, I, love, I like to, I like debating with Laker Tom. I know he can be a little bit cantankerous at times, less so after a loss, kind of. Yes. Yes. But uh, <laughs> L. Rob was there. Uh, yep. Sean Grice, he grew five inches, but he was there as well. Nice. I just felt so tiny compared to where he was sitting on the old Because he does, he does this whole like. like yes. Yes. <laughs> I so, love it. Uh, big love shout it. out to Magic Man and his growth. We appreciate everyone checking in with us last night but you know what the lakers again are coming up on chicago second game of the road trip coming up here sec but they do have the nba's best record at 12 and 4 i know that a lot of people are looking at them as the team to beat in the nba like we are so i want to hear your thoughts on the lakers and and how they're doing with five great things from you my friend so what are you looking at when it concerns the lakers right now i mean always especially it's we're coming up, I think, about to where Frank Vogel himself said he would consider the season to be an extent. The early part of the season would just be an extension of training camp, right? And I think yeah. that we've started to see that in a couple of different. That's manifesting in a couple of different ways. One, uh, we're starting to see some pretty solid just rotations that come out. Uh, you come in and come out on the minute marks, uh, you know, within thirty to forty seconds. You know, LeBron's out in the first five, back. It, it, all the rotations are starting. You're not you're seeing a lot less THT unless it's garbage time. Uh, you're seeing yeah. uh, little things like that where you can tell that it's time to, like, buckle down and treat the rest of the season like the regular season. Yeah. 
you could even make an argument that that happened after the San Antonio game when the Laker defense sort of finally kicked into gear on a, on a more consistent basis. It's I don't think, you know, I, I'll bet if you ask Frank Vogel, he'd say they're probably about 75, 80% of the way, maybe 85 even percent of the way there. But you still see some some blown coverages, especially in transition. We traded offensive skill for defensive skill, which is a well-known, I think, uh, and well-debated point to this point. Uh, especially with Laker Tom. I know. Well, I mean... I, in terms of like the numbers, the numbers are are good. The numbers are good, but there are worrisome. The type of breakdowns that we have are the kind that are 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 a little bit worrisome because it's 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 a matter of focus as opposed to knowledge. Guys are just sort of losing, and it's and and I think it's kind of built into people's personality. You know, Trez is a high energy guy. But I think that that also means that sometimes like little details maybe escape him on the court in the moment. You know, like I, I had to drop back. That was my guy to drop back and cover to the rim. That was my guy to like not follow out to the three-point line to say, or to, you know, little things that will hopefully get ironed out over the course of the season. And, you know, basically I, I think the Lakers are in a good spot. I, leading the league at this point isn't that incredible of, a, of an accomplishment, I feel like. Not that it's not to, not to throw it not to throw shade on it or anything it's it's quite an accomplishment but this season is like the bubble like it's there's nothing like it like the way home teams have literally no home advantage i think impacts this season a great deal and impacts a team like the lakers a little bit less because again if they go into one of these states where uh they let people into the venue like we saw in the houston game a lot of still show up wearing laker jerseys uh which is incredible to see, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, I'm going to go out and support the team. So that's kind of interesting to see. But I feel like, you know, I was just looking at the standings before we started this, and the the best four teams in the league are probably in the West, maybe even best five. The only two in the East that I think have a legit shot at coming all the way through just – after watching, I, you know, or it's early to predict this, but if I were, if, if somebody put a gun to my head and said, tell me who's going to, you know, do well in the playoffs, I see Philadelphia and uh, Boston, as if they're uh, all things being healthy, you know, all, health being with all the players, if all teams, especially the Lakers, uh, <laughs> but if all the teams come into the playoffs healthy and go get through the season, you know, for the most part healthy, I think Philadelphia and Boston are going to be one of the two that comes out of the East. I think that, Milwaukee's going to have a problem in the playoffs. I think that the the West playoffs are going to be ridiculous. There's going to be some fodder out East that just kind of gets mowed down early. I, I still see Miami as having more fight in them than they've shown, and I'm not sure what's going on over there. It seems like uh, – I don't know if this all shooting abandoned that team or, or what's going on, but they need a witch doctor to come out and clear the bad juju over there or something. Mm-hmm. Um, to come back to specifically the Lakers, I would say that you know, the the five things or one of the things that impressed me the most over this first start. And I guess, is this the Grammy trip that we're on technically right now? Right. Technically. Yeah. Technically like, you could say that. So uh, I know San did Antonio. The league, did the has, league do that on purpose? Like did they, you know what I mean? Like did I, they I don't know if they keep... did that on the purpose. I know with San Antonio, they specifically requested the NBA that they still have a rodeo trip. I heard that the right. other day that they, that they requested that. I know the Clippers will also be in a couple days, actually early next week, will go on their seven-game road trip. So I don't know if they will just want to simulate uh, you know, that part of the season 
because it would be right around now because of what's going on with the with the Grammys. Uh, you know, it would normally be the situation that would be the case. But I do know at least the Spurs ask for that as a bonding measure, you know, for when you know, the team gets closer with each other when they're out on the road so many games. I, I, I think there's a lot to that. I agree with that a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised to hear that the Lakers uh, or that the league kind of looked at that and said, we should do somehow if there was some sort of correlation between the two, because it just makes sense. Cause I remember thinking like seven game road trip late January, gosh, isn't that like, but there, I mean, I'm sure the Grammys will happen, but it won't be at staple. You know, it won't be the production that it normally is. Uh, they won't have to shut down yeah. a big chunk of LA for a couple of days. So that, that to me was kind of interesting. Uh, uh, you know, the, the Lakers have just been dominant on the road, I think, because of how successful. I mean, it started last season. They were a great road team last season. I want to say only one game worse, technically, on the road than at home. I, I might be off by a game or two on that one. Or maybe well, that was... the Lakers were Lakers were the best road team in the NBA last year. Which, yeah, uh, you know, but I feel like their of... home. I feel like their home and away record was maybe only a game off. I can't remember. I could look, but anyway, point being is that they, the, and then their success in the bubble was uh, other than the seating games, which I think was more just a, a getting everybody warmed up. You know, I don't think Frank or anybody on the team, once they locked up the one seed, the, they, they, what was the caring other than let's tune up, you know? Yeah. Which they did. They tuned up. And once they dealt with Portland, which I thought, I thought the bookend series of the playoffs, those were the two hardest Portland and Miami. But I think that the Lakers have a, and this is, I don't know if this is LeBron or Frank or AD or the melding of all three, but like there's something about this Lakers team on the road that somehow seems to just get stronger, more focused. I don't know who out there has Spectrum Sportsnet and watches the games uh, that way. That's how I watch them. And the pregame shows for, for those are always fantastic. It's got big game James. It's like the old KCAL 9 one, kind of. Uh, yes. For those of us who remember the KCAL 9. I era. remember indeed. Oh, man. Those was, that was classic. Everybody, Channel 9, road games, come on over. It's very free-flowing. You know, they got Allie Clifton, who's been following LeBron since his Cleveland days. But last night they had Fit, Derek Fisher on Fish. And he was talking about how he, as a player, preferred playing on the road. He, he like you said, guys bonding together better, tighter bond. He's like, with COVID, there's even less to do now. Like, everybody's just going to hang out and talk, you know, just bond or talk about the game or either one. And then he also goes, it's again, in COVID, it's a little different. But he goes, but there's nothing like quieting a building down, you know, beating a team at home uh, when you're on the road and just hearing the building going. And so I think that, that this Laker team has that, like, kind of Fisher toughness. Uh, I think they've kind of, uh, which you could argue was also a Kobe toughness because Kobe loved to play on the road. So, this team has that a uh, 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 gritty and tough mentality that doesn't necessarily show up in this on the encore play, like how like a Memphis or a '90s Knicks team, you know, it was like ruggedly physical with you on the court. But there's like just a stable mentality, I guess, or a focused mentality, I should say, mm-hmm. when they're on the road, which is uh, a, a, a huge strength, uh, a huge strength. And I'm wondering how it'll get tested when there's people in the stands. I'm sh- if, if it improves, gets better, stays the same. Uh, should that happen anytime soon? Hopefully. Well, yes. just to give you a, a heads up, uh, the Lakers were twenty-seven and nine on the road last year. Yes. They were twenty-five and ten at home, uh, but they did tie for the best record on the road last year with Toronto. So yeah, they they were very good on the road last year. Obviously, they had a 
they enjoyed it. Uh, they prospered from it, and hopefully we'll find the same things here. In fact, they've off to a great start, 8-0 so far on the road. So they're finding great success, the great bonding. I guess the the way that the league is structuring how teams go on the road is, is helping to solidify the mindset for the Lakers when they go out on the road. It seems to be much more of a focus a little bit better focus that they have on the road than they do at home they seems to to really have those lapses when it comes to their home right now and the way they're playing there but again you not too much to argue about when you're 12 and 4 and leading the nba right now i know one of the things i wanted to ask you is in regards to points in the paint which was a sign yesterday where they really got beat uh, with a lot of points in the paint now, they did win the game by a substantial margin because of the substantial margin of, from the three-point area, but they did beat the, the Bucks because of that, but it wasn't due to points in pain because the Milwaukee feasted on the Lakers inside. Do you see an issue there? Because I know you and I have brought up to Laker Tom, and unfortunately, sometimes the Laker Tom, it falls upon deaf ears, but it, you know, it, there's mm-hmm. just, you know, when it comes to after Marcus Gasol and with AD not having that performance yet from the defensive end that we know he can give us, you know, is, is there something missing there? I know Montrez Harrell as a backup center, great offensively, but allowing him to go ahead and do what he needs to do on the offensive end, you need to go ahead and find possibly someone that can help you inside and, and take some of that burden away because the Lakers are giving up too many points inside. I think. I agree, especially lately, but yes, I agree. I think that's going to be, I mean, in all things, this is, I feel like this axiom is true. To get something, you have to give something up. And, you know, we improved our offense, and as a result, uh, I, I think aspects of our defense suffered. Again, if you just look at, like, the raw on-the-surface numbers, it looks good. You know, our blocks are about where they were last year. Our steals are about where they were last year. Uh, where I think we're down is points, on, uh, points fast break points. Uh especially points and transition off of turnovers. But I, I feel like because we lost two excellent paint players, and not to say that Trez isn't an excellent paint, paint player, but he's just smaller than either Dwight or JaVale was. And that that matters in the paint. You know, it, it, those inches matter more in the paint than they do on the perimeter. Um, and it's going to show itself up in stats like this. I mean, I will say that we have played two teams – uh, well, the Warriors, uh, you know, losing that Warriors game, I kind of feel like was uh, as as good as for us as it was bad. Like it was a good barometer of like, hey, you're not just going to waltz in. Not every team is Houston. <laughs> not every team is OKC. You know, we, we got there's there's other teams out there that have a, a yeah. much higher ceiling than those teams do uh, for this season. So uh, it was a good reminder, uh, maybe as much for the fans as it was for the team, more probably for the fans than it was the team. Um I think it's going to be a problem if in the playoffs based on matchup because uh, there's not, in a way, like we don't have a great – you either have Gasol. Uh, uh, the answer is more idea at the five in the playoffs, I guess, and that yeah. that's that's the only answer because, you know, Mark's not going to be finishing a bunch of lobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not going to be like cutting from the key, top of the key into the paint and finishing off a pick and roll from LeBron or Schroeder or anybody else. Unless it's like, you know, during warmups, but uh, you know, he just doesn't have that. That's not his game. He doesn't have that kind of lift to his game. 
he's just that's not what he does and same with trez i mean trez is going to finish lobs but not the kind that you can throw up over the defense that javel and and dwight could go get again that's where those inches are going to matter a little bit like you have to put the ball more into the area or the zone where more defenders can affect you know knock the ball off off its flight path and so on so whether they steal it or not uh inconsequential well at least in terms of finishing lobs but i think that We'll be able to overcome it because we can we can play 80 at the five. And I just don't expect to have that to happen much during the regular season. I think that's exactly why we have Mark. I think exactly why we have Trez. I think if we do pick up another player, it'll be a big once the rosters expand here in a, in a, in a I want to say about a month, right? February 24th, I want to say. Yeah. Um, I think we'll pick up a big. I think we'll I know, see who's left. Uh, I know uh, Laker Tom said something about early March, the Lakers not being able to get someone, but I know it's, you know, as it gets closer, I know it's going to be clarified a little bit more. 100%. Yeah, it's not soon. It's We've got at least a month, I feel like. So I think we'll go for another big, even if it's just like a one-dimensional, I set screens and dunk big, because that's going to get, that's going to buy AD time, not banging with bigs until the playoffs when it matters. And that's how that road's going to go. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, AD can play more five. And I, I, I just don't see him doing it during the regular season. Not unless, like, a playoff berth was on the You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're yeah. talking, like, one or two seating. Like, whatever. Who cares, really? One would be nice. Two's fine. But I don't see him as wanting to do that in any way. Like, he's said he doesn't want to do it. He, <laughs> the Lakers have made moves to allow him not to do it uh, two years running. I thought this season when he said that he would be willing to play more at the five was kind of a big personal step for him because at least it was a, it's different than what he'd said in years past in that he always said, I want to be the, I'm a four, I want to play the four and so on and so forth. So the regular season, especially against teams like Milwaukee, teams that have dynamic uh, paint scores, big and small, those are going to be a problem for us. But losing in the points in the paint like we did to Golden State was different, I thought. Like I expect Jonas to score in the paint. I expect Milwaukee to be, you know, deliver a lot of body blows. Milwaukee's going to have problems in the playoffs because they have they have a similar issue. I think they're going to have a trouble scoring until they hand the keys of the offense over to Drew Holiday, to be honest, which means Jonas's MVP triplicate probably takes a hit, but I think it would be better for them in the playoffs because you can't marginalize Drew Holiday like that. Uh, he's too good. I thought that was kind of one of their – it was it, we and kind of an easy Giannis has a predictable half court game that the, and he he's prone to offensive fouls that a couple I thought went against us that ought not to have last game. Well, I'm just not sure that the the Bucks have a consistent last minute score or a person that you can go ahead and agree consistently count on at the end of games. I know the offense right now of anyone is now dependent on Chris Middleton, and that's uh, yeah. you know concerning for him and also the Bucks because you can't count on Giannis because Giannis doesn't have those capabilities in his arsenal. Drew, I'm I'm not sure Drew scares teams enough as a player. I think he's more uh, feeds off the ball and feeds off the distribution. I know he he can handle the ball and and, and make those plays, but. I think he's better off the catch. And I also think Chris Middleton is better off the catch. I think Agreed. that the Milwaukee Bucks are missing some, similar to what we see with the Clippers, where they're just missing that playmaker that could go ahead and send it off to a Kawhi or Paul George 
The same thing goes for Milwaukee, where I think that they, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe they should give it to Drew to be able to go ahead and pass off to Chris Middleton or pass it off to Giannis, uh, you know, and set up the play for them a little bit better. But I'm not sure even if he is, you know, totally equipped to go ahead and do that. I think he's also better off the catch as well. I think that's valid. I, I think that I, I guess what I'm what I was thinking was like a more of a power sharing structure like uh, LeBron and Dennis have on our team, right? Where do do they make Dennis take the ball up every time and initiate the offense? Certainly not. And neither does LeBron like demand the ball. And I think they do a good job of like splitting it fifty fifty. I was surprised Milwaukee didn't make more of a run at Rondo that because that's like who they need. <laughs> they don't need a guy who wants to shoot. They just well, unfortunately, Rondo. you know, LeBron. Uh, actually, unfortunately, unfortunately, Rondo has <laughs> reverted back to uh, regular season Rondo right now for uh, the Atlanta Hawks. So, oh, every year he'll be regular that. season Rondo. No, no, yeah, he, you, you, you save him for the playoffs. You save him for the playoffs. He, he, you might as well pay him to like go to Cancun for like two months. Be like, look, man, just come back ready. You know, we'll, 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 we'll lie for you. Come back ready. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now. And I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets. And they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Big shout out to Saul Adams and Alex Lannon. Both of them are saying hello. So I wanted to go ahead and thank both of them for watching. We truly appreciate it. What's up, Alex? But I wanted to go ahead and before we head on out, uh, I know you have some thoughts on the rest of the Lakers road trip, but I also wanted to go ahead and get you prepared because today is the 15-year anniversary of of Kobe Bryant's 81-point game. So before we head on out, uh, I wanted to go ahead and hear some thoughts first off on the Lakers rest of the road trip. How do you think it's going to fare out for the rest of the, the six games? I think it'll be hard for us to lose more than one game at this point. Milwaukee was one of the games uh, I had as being tougher than I thought it would be. Uh, it was less less tough than I thought it would be. Uh, I thought Milwaukee would do a little bit better. Uh, I think that we should beat Chicago. I, I love playing Chicago these days because – this season because so many people wanted to see us go hard after Zach Levine. And I'm kind of glad we didn't. I like Dennis Schroeder better than uh, Zach Levine. I like Schroeder and Trez more than I like a, a Zach Levine, I guess is what I should say. Because I, I feel like that's about the equitable, equitable uh, difference in salaries and possibly even role. I think, I don't know. I, there's some trap games that you, you kind of got to worry about. I worry, I, for some reason, I'm worried about that Detroit game. I feel like that could be a game where we just don't, have it uh well i was kidding i was kidding that i thought kuzma was going to be showing off in detroit (laughs) because he's from the michigan area 
But I wanted to go ahead and mention to you, Alex Landon, he says he agrees with you, your assessments on that. And right now the Lakers are in such a groove. It reminds him of the 2000 Lakers. When they lose, it seems like they don't truly show up. Uh, obviously that's the case because there's, it seems on almost every occasion when they've lost that they just haven't put their effort into it. It's not because they're, they're not the better team. It's just they're not the, the team that wants to go ahead and win that game specifically that time. So their, their focus seems to go away from time to time, and that's what you have when you have such great teams. Well, also code for LeBron and AD had a bad game, right? Like if yeah. LeBron and or AD has a bad game, winning the game gets exponentially tougher. It puts a lot of pressure on guys who that's just not uh, – it's just not their role on this team, if on any team. Other trap game, I, you know, I, I thought I had Cleveland circled as a surefire win. I'm vacillating on that now. Cleveland's playing pretty tough, and, you know, East Coast teams are tough. It's going to be a tough road trip. I still think we'll win uh, six games. I think we'll – I'm calling Detroit. I, I feel like we're going to lose against Detroit. I don't know why. It's just in the brain. Your prediction on Detroit just probably irks Laker Tom somewhere out there, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, no, it's all good. The only reason I say that it's going to be a back. One of the reasons I say that it's going to be a back to back, and we'll have played Cleveland twice, so we might be kind of beat up a little bit. There's, you know, those two that Cleveland could. It, I don't know, man. Cleveland's tough this year. I, I was surprised at how tough they played Brooklyn, but Brooklyn's a mess. Brooklyn's going to be a mess with all three of those guys. I think that that is a giant hot mess waiting to happen. I don't know who's going to melt down first. My personal prediction is Kyrie Irving. Just because Kyrie almost has like a Jim Brown-esque one foot out the door on the NBA already. You know what I mean? Like, like just, he knows it's like where he makes his money, but he's bored or annoyed or whatever, which is, you know, that's his prerogative. It's his life. But yeah, I, I, I find it incredible. But, you know, people are who they are. I don't know that they would trade Kyrie Irving. I think that in the end it, it might be necessary for for the ball to move in a way that makes a basketball team work in the playoffs. They'll put up 150 points on anybody during the regular season. I don't see them doing that. Same problem small ball Houston had. You know, I don't see the offense working the same way in the playoffs. Well, I'll tell you what, it's just been so great talking to you. But again, before we head on out, 15 years ago today, there was a great game that I actually got to see. I don't know if it wasn't on Prime Ticket yet or Fox Sports West at that point in time. It was I, Fox Sports West, and yeah. I know exactly where I was. Because yeah. you, you go first. You go first. Uh, well, I was uh, I was watching the game here in Las Vegas. Uh, I know at that point in time, and I just happened to tune into it. I wasn't catching all the games because of uh, work, and I got a chance to tune in. And I know um, it was Paul Sunderland who does the games uh, yeah. now. Who wasn't back then? Uh, you know, it wasn't the regular. TV analyst at that point in time. So he was picking up the game and I know it wasn't the greatest call in the world. That was the only thing that I think stands out to me. I right. think when I go ahead and I watch the game, but to see Kobe just go off and go right. off and go off and did they win that game? Yes. They beat Toronto. I remember that distinctly. I remember Jalen Rose being beaten time and time. And he actually gave up on defense. And if you, anybody out there wants to go ahead and say, yeah, I'm out in Las Vegas, Alex. Yes, Vegas, Sin City and all that. But <laughs> I want to go ahead and say this. If you ever want to see a player give up on defense, just check out Jalen Rose's job against Kobe. <laughs> and I know that uh, there were other defenders there as well who tried to defend Kobe, but to no avail. You know, it just was yeah. one of those things where Kobe was in the zone 
and Kobe was just putting up every shot he could on that team. That year of Kobe was like one of my favorite basketball seasons of all time, just because every night you tuned in thinking like, because that was two years after I, after, well, the year before Shaq, I guess it was three years before that, before the, the, the last year that we won was Shaq. Yeah. After that year was when I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm done. I'm done criticizing some NBA players for the way that they play the game because they've proven that they put in the work. They've proven that they're dedicated to their craft. They've, they, they, who am I to question an expert? Like, I'm not going to stand over the plumber and be like, are you sure you should be using the snake that way? You know what I mean? Like there's a, I think there's an interesting disconnect between fans and professional athletes that is unique to that relationship. Like uh, 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 you wouldn't criticize a professional person for fixing a car unless they did it badly. You know, if a car got broken, that's different. But like, I don't know. There's just this funny thing where people are constantly being, well, I don't know if you don't, you know, this is a guy who probably shoots a thousand jump shots a day, you know, wakes up at the crack of dawn to like, right. Yeah, stop, stop with the nitpicking. Like, did he take too many shots? Sure. Should he have passed like three more times? Maybe. I mean, would, would Shannon Brown really have made that three pointer? Who knows? You know, it's, it's, it's not a sure thing. And I remember I was at a place in Long Beach. I was living in Long Beach at the time. So there was a bar around the corner from my house that was owned by the original drummer for social distortion. Great guy hell of a man and they were always nice enough like everybody no there weren't it was a kind of a grittier bar not a lot of true laker fans i went at certainly not a sports bar yeah. so if there was something weird on tv people usually had like a movie or something on on one side of the bar but it was a cool bar it could be one side and i'd always say i don't need the sound on like i just want to be able to look up the game see what's going on have a couple of beers eat some food bomb out and I didn't leave because, like, it just Kobe just was so like it was just every quarter was just like, you know, seventeen points, twenty, you know, just like just huge quarter, quarter after quarter. And it was just an incredible thing to watch because at one point you're just like, you 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 just want Kobe to shoot it, right? And you could see the other Lakers feeling the same way, right? Like Lamar would go in and have almost an uncontested layup and throw a pass out to Kobe for a well-contested three that he would make. Terrible, terrible yeah. basketball, right? Terrible team basketball. Like, the worst team basketball that season. Well, a good portion of the game, they were behind. So they needed the points oh. as much as they can get because the rest of the team wasn't shooting early on very well. So he actually, you know, in a way necessitated – until the the very end where it just became a point where, like you said, they were going ahead and really forcing the ball to Kobe in any way, shape, or form. Right. No, agreed. The modern era of basketball, I could see like a like a Harden or a Durant, maybe a, maybe even incredibly a Trey Young, go off for like 23s in a game somehow, hit 23s incredibly, right? If they shot 35 threes Steph in a game. Steph Curry. Right. Steph or, Curry. How can I? A hundred percent. Right. Totally. Like if one of those guys went off in a game and like somehow got to the line fifteen to twenty times and hit like twenty threes, fifteen to twenty three, which is a ridiculous number. To, but the way the modern game is played, not I think out of the realm of possibility. And somebody could challenge eighty one, only if they hit all a ton of threes, like more than sixty percent. And if they got to the line, because I think Kobe went to the line 20 something times in that game. Additionally, like he just was relentless. 
Like yeah. the number of the no, like if you look at like how Akeem dominated the basketball game from an offensive standpoint, and that was that was one of my that was one of those Laker teams where I just felt so bad for Kobe because like between after he and Lamar, there wasn't a lot there. It was the the hope that was Andrew Bynum before his knees were destroyed by a Lamar Odom and a Kobe Bryant collision, respectively. Exactly. So and, that's, uh, that's and, such a shame. And 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 well, what does Smush Parker bring in tonight? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like the fact that Smush Parker was probably the third best player on that team is fairly distressing. Uh, for I mean, you can understand why Kobe then made the demand the next year. Like, I'm done. This is this is not my fate. I, I will not play out my years like this. And it's understandable. Yeah, but again, good fortunes were on the way after that with Pau Gasol and some little bit better decision making. So I'm, I'm happy to see that that happened. And of course, on a historic day like today where Kobe did reach an 81-point milestone, just a few days later uh, from now, uh, the unfortunate passing, it'll be one year on the Tuesday. Yep. So uh, I know that's going to be a very troubling day for all Lakers fans and all NBA fans out there as we still can't hardly believe that that Kobe, you know, has, has left this. And uh, I just want to hear some final thoughts on Kobe from you, my friend, and what he's meant to you in your life before we head on out. You know, early on in his career, it was funny because Kobe was a little bit younger than me. Uh, I mean, several years younger than me, I should say. But, you know, when I was growing up, I remember the first few teams he was on, the first, the, well, not the first few teams, the first few seasons he was on the team, as I should say. I thought that, that was when I was at the height of, I would say personally, being nitpicky about what NBA player, how they played. And then when Shaq came to the team, it seemed like, and I remember also thinking that Dell Harris was probably one of the worst coaches on planet Earth, just because of how he managed that team. Uh, and I, when they finally fired him and brought Kurt Rambis in, I thought, all right, we got a chance. Uh, and I think that was during the lockout season, if I recall. Thankfully, they didn't give the job to Kurt. I know he was up for it, but they ended up going with a different guy who was also tall uh, and white haired named Phil Jackson. And the rest has been history for the, you know, as the Lakers dominated the aughts in basketball for the most part. I think that you can learn a lot from how as high profile person uh, as Kobe Bryant was, how they lived their life, how they made mistakes, how they tried to rectify those mistakes how they grew from those mistakes and in all things when people leave us you know well before what most people consider to be an acceptable age for dying which i guess is like your late 70s early 80s mid 80s i don't know how about 100 let's shoot for 100 <sighs> i don't know if i i don't know if i want to live to be 100 that sounds that's exhausting i've got to go make tea hold on take me a half hour to get over to the stove I'm sure i'll have tea eventually it'll be delicious when i get it his obvious support for like women's basketball that I think probably greatly grew out of that, along with having daughters of his own. I think having daughter, daughters of his own, like if you don't allow for people to make mistakes and grow from them, then there's not much of a society worth fighting for. But it's not an easy thing for humans to admit that they've made a mistake. And especially for somebody like that, who his entire brand and persona was about willing things to be the way you wanted them to be. And to be able to have the humility and the insight, personal insight to grow from whatever happened in Colorado. It, it, it's just going to be one of those things that's always going to be with him, along with 
81 points and being a five-time NBA champion and an incredible NBA player and having a, a tragic ending to his life that uh, honestly, like every day, like there's a moment where it's not to, that like, it's just like when I think about somebody like that, then I think about people in my own life who've, you know, moved on before I was ready to have them leave it. And it's just one of those things where the potential of what could be is always what's missed, I think, more than what the person was or is. And to that end, Kobe already had accomplished so very much with his life that I think one of the things that makes people the most, I don't want to say sad or upset or, or you know, melancholy is to, like, to think what more could have been, uh, what more, what more could, you know, could have, what could, how much more could he have grown? How much more could he have helped influence and bring about, you know, positive things in, in, in the world? And we'll never know now. And it's a, it's a sad thing. It is a very sad thing indeed, but again, the one-year anniversary of his passing will come up next week. Wanted to go ahead and also mention that this is 15 years ago today that he did score 81 points. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news? information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. You got a question for Jamie Sweet, just go ahead and pop on by Lakerholics.com where you'll hear him. You'll also get a chance to check out what Laker Tom's doing, five great things from Jamie Sweet, whatever Magic Man is up to, because you know he's always up to something. L Rob and the whole gang is there. There's a great group of people that are Lakers fans that always want to talk Lakers. So stop on by Lakerholics.com or our ever-growing Facebook group, Lakerholics as well. If you have any questions for me, it's at Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. But Jamie, with five great things, we truly appreciate you stopping by today. Cannot thank you enough for doing so. Any last thoughts on the way out? Uh, you know, hey, it's a new day. We're uh, we're day three into a new administration. Everybody stay safe. Everybody uh, get vaccinated as as your as it becomes available to you and let's try to get back to a place where we can go inside and watch some basketball together, man. Like that's enough of this, uh, enough of this stuck at home in a little, in a little bubble. It's, it's driving me crazy. I'm over it. Uh, we need to have vaccines first, but that's another story. I mean, that's, it's happening. Yeah, it's all coming yeah. someday. Someday, someday. Indeed. I hope so. My friend, I, I'm, I'm waiting. My arm is ready. <laughs> I've been ready. My arm is long bit ready for it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right there for you. Shine up the arm right there. Shine it up good because it's, it's ready to get vaccinated any point in time. But uh, yeah. it is Jamie Come Sweet. Exactly. Uh, Jared, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for bringing help. You know, helping bring us all together and 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 fostering these great discussions and sharing your time with us. Oh no problem. Least I can do as a fellow Lakers fan. Looking forward to more great things, more great arguments. <laughs> Excuse me, discussion. Discussion as always. But hopefully more cookies as well. 
but I will say this, that it is always a pleasure talking to you, Jamie, and also Laker Tom and everybody out there that gets stops by the show. We truly appreciate it. But it is Jamie Sweet catches five great things each and every week at Lakerholics.com. Well, Jamie, it's been great having you back on the show. We truly appreciate it. Hope you can join us upcoming for some post games here on the road trip. And looking forward to your thoughts right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.